We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Your passage, but I believe God has something new to say. You know, the Word is alive. And every time I read it, I get something new out of it. It's not like a regular book when you read it one time, you get the same thing out every time. The Bible's alive. John 20, verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, and that's important, first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Uh, here he comes. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, remember this guy? Also known as Didymus. One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Have you ever had somebody who came to church tell you, oh, you should have been there? It was the best service ever. Well, this really was the case. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hand into his sight, I will not believe. A week later, underline that, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, here he comes. Jesus came and stood among them and said again, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe. Say that. That you may believe. Turn it into your personal pronoun. That I may believe. That I may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life. I want life, don't you? In His name. Father, today, at just a reading of your word, you are here. We've gotten your attention by our praise and worship today. And God, I pray in the next few moments, speak to every heart individually what they need. You came back for one. Today, you are here. For the one. And we ask that in your precious name that you touch us. Open our eyes to see what we need to see. Open our ears to hear what we need to hear. And open our hearts to receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Turn to your neighbor and say, Here he comes. And see what God does. Amen. Verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. In this society today, we have the Word of God in so many forms. And yet, this is the most biblically 
generation that's ever been born on the face of the earth. We view the Bible sometimes as something that is ancient, but the Bible is the Word of God. He watched over it for thousands of years. Even though there were leaders who tried to destroy it, God watched over it. He used different men to write the Word and win it, and He put it there and He said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will stand forever. And we have it today in so many forms. I've got all the versions on this little iPad here. I've got the New Life. I've got the New King James, the Old King James. I've got the NIV, the NASB, and all and all and all. And yet today we do not read the Bible. We have it more accessible. But if you read this passage, you'll find out that Jesus was not who a lot of us think. We thought that everybody loved him. No, he was a, he was a very uh, divisive person when it comes to religion. All the religious people were constantly at odds with him. He broke all the rules. He was out of bounds. He did what the Roman law was forbidden him to do. The Roman law forbid for, gathers to get, for Jews together publicly. He did that, not with just 10 or 12, but with 5, 10, and 15,000 people at a time. He used a boat as a pulpit, despite the law. In a woman's house that was crowded, men tore up the roof to let a man down. He ate with his disciples, and guess what? They ate without washing their hands. Oh my goodness. He even healed on the Sabbath, which was forbidden. He and his disciples traveled further than they were allowed to by the Jewish law on the Sabbath day. And he allowed people to touch him that he should not have allowed to touch him because of the laws. i got to tell you, sometimes we get out of the grace of people in order to get into the will of God. I've had a lot of church people get upset with me through the years, but as long as I'm in the will of God, I don't mind being out of the grace of people. Come on. When trouble came to Jesus, everybody deserted him. Here's what I want to talk about today. Inside of every person is another person. The person on the inside can be in trouble and no one know about it. Most people see the outside person. I've seen a lot of Fights with families in the parking lots. And then all of a sudden smiles and hugging and loving once they get in the house. Here's what the Bible says. I will enter his gates for Thanksgiving, right? We don't have gates anymore, but we got parking lots. I will enter his courts with praise. We got the foyer of the church. I've seen a lot of knockdown and drag outs in the parking lot. Walking. Oh, how pastor, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful. Most people know the superficial, but we really don't want people to see what's on the inside. And so we put on smiles, we clean up, and everything is great. Today we're going to get past the smile. We're going to get past the superficial outward appearance and let God minister to the inside you. God detests a proud and haughty spirit. It's time for us to humble ourselves. Be ministered to. One of us is in trouble. One of us wants to go to church, is very happy, and, and wants to be excited and praise God and loves everybody, while the other one of us is sick and tired and hurting and lonely. One of us is a believer and one of us has doubts. 
I pray today God sweep the house and get past our smiles until you find the one of us in trouble. One of us was in trouble. Thomas was in trouble. He was not there. Have you ever said not going to church today? I, I just don't feel like it. You know? Wake up on Sunday. I don't feel like it. It's cloudy. It could rain. You know, uh, I don't know. That inside person, such was Thomas. Thomas was a guy who goes, I don't feel like going. Why? Because Jesus didn't do what I thought he was going to do. I thought he was going to set up a kingdom. I thought he was coming to be the Messiah. I thought he was going to be ruling and reigning. I thought he was going to let us help him rule and reign. And now he's crucified on the cross. He's dead and he's gone. And this isn't working out how I thought it would. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. I thought, I mean, I've got the word of God. I'm holding it. Here's what his word says. And I pray and believe, God, you're going to do it. And then he doesn't do it the way I wanted to. And my outside man has to put on a good face. Can I tell you that not every Sunday I feel like coming to church either? There's some Sundays I wake up and go, I don't want to go to church today. But what do I do? Shower, clean up, put on a suit, put on a smile. You would never know that one of us is in trouble. And I would never know if one of you were in trouble. But God knows. God, through His Son Jesus Christ, was there. And yet Thomas wasn't. Not true that Thomas was a doubter. Thomas had problems with believing, not doubting. He didn't. He didn't. He saw all the things that Jesus did. He he he, he just had trouble believing in this moment. And all of us have that same problem sometimes. We are a believer, but in this moment that I'm in, in this storm that I'm in right now, in this situation, I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm fasting, I'm doing everything I can. But it doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like. Jesus was gone. And then those others said, we saw him. And he said, really, I don't believe it. That's what he said, I don't believe it. Until I see him, until I touch his hands and his side, I will not believe. You see, on the outside, Thomas had one life. But on the inside, it was a lot of battles going on. I thought he was coming to be a Messiah. And then he hung on the cross and he died and said it's finished. It's finished. What are you talking about? We haven't even started. Come on. We've only been out three years on this ministry. We haven't even gotten started. What do you mean? The Roman law is still in place. All these leaders that are anti-religion, they're all there. Why? I thought you were going to destroy all that. Thomas was discouraged. He didn't want to go. He wasn't excited. He did not want to shout. He did not want to clap his hands. He did not want to praise. He did not want to pray. Sometimes you don't feel like it. But you come to church anyway. Because it's what you're supposed to do. And you don't feel like shouting. And you don't feel like praising. Look at the situation I'm in. I don't see God doing what I think He should be doing. If you don't drag your flesh to Jesus, your flesh will drag you to hell. And there's sometimes you just got to drag yourself in. You got to fight the flesh. Thomas finally fought his flesh and he got there. He fought his discouragement. He fought his fears, his doubts. 
And some of you are sitting in the church right now today and you're feeling the same way. I put on a smile, cleaned up, and I'll shake everybody's hands and I, they're going to know that I'm happy. But one of us is in trouble, Pastor. One of us here today is having trouble. I've got situations. Behind the smile, you don't see it. I'm telling you, God does today. And one of us is in trouble, but i got good news for you. Here he comes. Watch out. Jesus had 40 days, a limited time. And he's already gone to the disciples. He had so many other things to do in that limited time before he left. And you know what he does? Wait a minute. i got to go back. Because I've got one that's in trouble. I've got one that doesn't believe. And I don't care how busy my schedule is for 40 days. I've got to make some time to go back. And I've got to talk to my brother Thomas. And I've got to get him to believe in. Believe in. The one who is weary and worn out and torn and discouraged and doubting and tattered. God is here for you today. He's here for you, the one that's in trouble. And I've got to tell you, believing hurts sometimes. Believing hurts. It will separate you from some of your relationships if you're a believer. When you're a believer, it keeps you sometimes from promotions. Because you don't go out and party with everybody after work. Hey, I worked in the secular field and we had guys, no matter what shift they got off work, they all went to what they call Papa Top Lounge. You ever heard of something like that? Papa Top Lounge wasn't really a, a building or anything, but it didn't matter what shift you worked. If you got off at 3.30 in the afternoon, 11.30 at night, or 7.30 in the morning, whatever time you got off work, everybody went to the beer store. They got a bunch of beer. They went parked their trucks under a bunch of these trees, had a lawn chair in the back of the truck, and they all pop the tops. Pop the top lamps. 7.30 in the morning. Okay. Come on, guys. I didn't have relationships with some of them because I would not go. They go, are you better than us? I said, no. I'm just, I'm going to go home and go to bed. And it took me out of friendships. Believing will take you out of relationships because you're not going to be sleeping around. Believing will get you out of uh, ethical issues because you have limitations with your ethics. You give all you want to give, but sometimes we feel like we get nothing back. And you know what? You get in trouble. You're in trouble. Thomas believed, but Jesus didn't set up a kingdom. Some of you said, I believe, Pastor, and yet I still lost my job. What happened? I'm a believer, and we still got a divorce. I'm a believer and my child is having all kinds of physical issues. What's going on with that? I'm a believer and I lost all of my finances. What happened, Pastor? I'm a believer and I've even had other believers turn their back on me and walk away. Welcome to Christianity. Have you ever been discouraged? I have. You ever been tired of fighting? I have. I've said many times, I'll just quit and go be a greeter at Walmart. 
Then I found out the breeders of Walmart have bad days too. I don't want to be discouraged. Have you ever been at that place where you don't want to be encouraged either? You just don't want anybody encouraging you? Well, I've got a word for you. I don't want a word. I've got a word of prophecy for you. I don't want a prophetic word. I don't want a pathetic word. Sleep alone. I have issues right now. I'm in trouble. I don't need a word. I need the word. I don't need somebody to try to make me happy. I want God to give me joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. I don't want a superficial smile. I want God to give me that joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. That's what I need today, Pastor. I don't need another sermon. I need a message from the throne of God. I need somebody to tell me, you may be one that's in trouble, but here he comes. He told me this week, I'm coming for the one. I'm coming for those who are hungry and thirsty, for those who are doubting, for those who are in trouble, for those who are discouraged. Pastor, you tell them, here I come. Watch out. He is a present help in time of trouble. He told Thomas, I can fix you. Touch my hands. Put your hand in my side. I do not want you to be an unbeliever anymore. God has too much invested in you for him not to be concerned about you. 1 John 4, 4 says this, You, dear children, Say, that's me. That's me. I'm a dear child. You are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you. See, when you're discouraged, you forget these things. But the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You may be saying today, I don't have faith. You know what? That's okay. It doesn't hurt God's feelings. Well, when Thomas didn't have faith, Faith in he was an unbeliever. Jesus didn't say, well, just leave him there. Fine. I've done everything I could. He's seen enough. I've just let him go. He didn't say that. He's a dear child of God. And God says through his son, wait a minute, I'm going to come back because you're in trouble. You're in trouble, Thomas. He comes back and he doesn't, he doesn't chastise him. Because Thomas could be going like, well, I'm better than Simon Peter. I didn't deny Jesus, and he did. Because sometimes when we get discouraged and we're in trouble, that's what we do, right? We compare ourselves to other Christians. Well, at least I'm not as bad as they are. And yet, where are you, Lord? I'm in trouble. Thomas, listen to this. He was in the presence of Jesus and still discouraged. You can be a Christian going to heaven. You can be in the church right now. And there are those of us that feel such a mighty power and presence of God, I'm about to explode. But there are others of us sitting here going, I don't feel anything. I don't sense anything. I don't know why he's getting so excited. I don't know why he's getting so loud. Why is he yelling at me? I don't need anybody yelling at me today. He was in the presence. And he still was discouraged. 
until he touched Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, you can stay discouraged in the presence. Oh, I can throw a big old pity party. You just hang out with me. I got balloons. I got confetti. I got all the bells and whistles in my pity party. Nobody can soak around as good as I can. <laughs> he looked Jesus in the eye, and yet he was still tired and worn out. No hope, no joy. Here he comes. Here he comes for you. Here he comes for me. Jesus told Thomas to reach out and touch him. How did Jesus know that? G Thomas never told Jesus that. But Jesus knows. Jesus will show up and he will remove all unbelief out of your life. You see, we have to get to the point to where that we know that we know that we know. No matter what kind of storms we're going through, wait a minute, I will not be shaken. No matter what kind of situation is going on in our life, I shall not be moved. And once Thomas saw Jesus, but it wasn't until he touched him, he put his hands in his hands and his hand in his side. And then, then Thomas said, my Lord and my God. My Lord, the one who rules my life. That's what the Lord is. And my God, all supreme, all powerful God. You would never again find Thomas in a place of unbelief. He goes, I don't care what's going on. I know in whom I have believed. I don't care what's going on. I was there. I was at church. I felt God. He touched my life. He changed me. I will never be the same again. I will never have unbelief because I know He is risen. He is alive. He is on the throne. He is ever interceding for me. He's always praying for me. I am the apple of His eye. His favor surrounds me. Those that are for me are more than those who are against me. I've got to get my eyes on Jesus. I've got to touch Him again. What would have happened? What would have happened if the woman with the issue of blood had just decided that morning, I'm tired, I'm not going? What would have happened to blind Bartimaeus if he just said, you know what? I'm not going to go today. What would have happened if the little boy, when his mama fixed his lunch with a few fish and loaves of bread, what would have happened if he said, you know what? I'm cutting out and going my way today. I told mama I'm going over here, but I'm going to go over here and be rebellious. What would have happened? And what will happen to you today if all of a sudden you decide, I'm going to get past the superficial outward appearance because pastors, one of us is in trouble and I've got to touch Jesus today. He's here. Here he is. Here he comes. He's right here waiting for you. He just got to get past your outer man. To the person who on the inside is hurting. The one in trouble. I want someone who knows God to give him some praise this morning. Is there anybody in this house who knows that you know that you know that you know. You can give him praise right now. Uh, come on. I'm not talking about because everything's alright. I'm talking about because you know who he is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've got to hurt him. But the eighth day, I want to talk about this for just a minute. You see, Jesus came and met with them. It was a full week later in the Jewish calendar. That's eight days. The eighth day is very important in the Word of God. To the novice, they'll skip right over that part. 
But to those who study, you'll find out that the eighth day is number one, has a lot of significance because it is the day of new beginnings. Jesus met with Thomas on the day of a new beginning for Thomas's life. The eighth day was a day whenever God told Abraham, circumcise all the boys on the eighth day. There's a cutting away of the flesh on the eighth day. There's a shedding of blood. There's a covenant that gets made. In the Old Testament, Eli, he refused to circumcise his sons. And guess what? Hophni and Phinehas, they caused him a lot of problems. Eli lost his position. You know how he died? He fell off his throne and broke his neck. The flesh got in the way. Joseph and Mary. Some people think the first blood that was spilled was spilled on the cross. The first blood that was spilled by Jesus Christ was on the eighth day when they took him to the temple. They had a cutting away of the flesh, a circumcision. And I want to tell you today, we need to cut off our flesh. Our flesh is stopping us from getting to Jesus. It may not be pretty, it may be painful. But we got to get past the pride and get, get past by what is somebody going to think and, and what is somebody going to say. And, uh, what, 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 what? Jesus is here for the one, for the one who's in trouble. Simeon said, my eyes have seen, finally, my eyes have seen the Messiah. Yes. The first drop of blood is very important. The eighth day is a day of transformation. This is the eighth day for Thomas. And Thomas was there. Let me tell you this. This is powerful. The name Thomas, he said, also known as Didymus. Didymus in the Greek, see, names are very important. Didymus in the Greek meant this, twin. Thomas in the Hebrew means twin. Thomas did not have a twin brother or a twin sister. So why was he named this? Because there's something powerful in it. Because there's two people. You got the outside Thomas. And you got the inside Thomas. And every one of us has a twin today. There's another guy. Looks just like me. Drives my cars. Wears my clothes. Looks like me. Talks like me. Because there's two of me. And what I've got to do is get the two becoming one. I've told you this before. I can't get up here and preach something because this lady will hold me accountable if I'm acting different at home. I cannot be a twin anymore. I've got to make sure I am one in Christ. That I've taken these two men and I've cut the flesh and I came to the altar and that old man became a brand new creation, a new man in Christ. And my name now no longer means twin, but it means one. And you've got another person living inside of you and you can put on a smile and you can get cleaned up. But on the inside, it's something hurting. It's something you're in trouble. And I'm telling you, here he comes. He's here today to minister to you. Not to somebody else. People in church yet commit adultery. People in church yet they steal. Yet they do drugs. They commit suicide. There's, a, there's another person there. I could not believe it whenever you hear in the news some of the people that have committed suicide. I was shocked when Robin Williams committed suicide, weren't you? I was. This guy who's so full of energy and so full of life and wants to make everybody laugh, 
was dealing with a lot in his other person. So much so that the other person won and he took his life. I've seen it happen with pastors. Pastors preaching the word in the pulpit and the next week commit suicide. Because they're dealing with so much on the inside. And the enemy comes in like a flood. And he knows our weaknesses. Oh, He knows what will discourage us quickly. He knows what will bring you down. It'll take your shout. You can't shout anymore. You can't pray anymore. You pray but your words are falling right here. You think that's what you think. And you feel like God doesn't, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care. Oh, how many times have we said that? Lord, if you care, how much more does he have to do to prove that he cares? He cares. It's just one of you's in trouble. And we've got to be able to stop and say, hey, God, I'm in trouble. You're married to a man who has two sides. You're married to a woman who has two sides. You have children that have two sides. You've seen them? Oh, look at them. They do the cutest things and are so sweet until you want to take a family picture. Oh, my goodness. I had a father yesterday. A father yesterday said, oh, man, I just want to pop their heads off sometimes. <laughs> a Christian man who loves God with all his heart, but the other side of the kids is about to get to him. <laughs> I can't believe it. I just want to pop their heads off. I'm like, wow. Okay. You need to get a little Jesus in you right now. Because the inward man is about to take over. <laughs> But we have to deal with both, don't we? Yes. We've got to deal with both. We've got to make them be able to come together as one. You ladies that have these high heel shoes, if the heel breaks off of one of them, are they any good anymore? No. And I've got to tell you, when one of us is broken, we're not much good. You can have a great car, but if you don't have a key, it's a bad deal. Jesus left 99 for the one. We've got stories in the Bible where a woman loses a coin and she searches the house, turns it upside down, flips over sofas, everything, finds the one. There's a lost sheep. Jesus leaves 99, goes after the one. There's a lost son. We search and search and search till we find him. Today, Jesus is here for the one that's in trouble. You see, Judas wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there. He came back for Thomas. Because the other man got a hold of Judas. It's too late for him. We've got to be careful. If you don't watch out, it'll get too late for you. You'd be like Simpson, playing around, playing around, playing around, playing around, and then all of a sudden, your eyes get gouged out. You become enslaved to the enemy. Jesus did not come for Thomas because he was perfect. 
He didn't come for Thomas because Thomas was so holy and righteous. He came for Thomas because he was in trouble. I'm so glad Jesus came for me. And he comes to me all the time. I love the great old hymn. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. In my praise and worship, this is the kind of stuff I see. And he tells me I am his own. I love that. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. That's where I get fed. Had somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago, Pastor, where do you get fed? I get fed in my time alone when it's just me and him one-on-one. -on -one. He speaks to me. And he ministers to the one of me that's in trouble sometimes. David said, I have to encourage myself. I'm all by myself. I don't have anybody. I do it myself. There are times when all of us get in trouble. It's okay to get in trouble. It's not okay to stay in trouble. It's okay when trouble comes your way. And sometimes it has nothing to do with what you've done. It's okay when trouble comes your way. But what do you do when you're in trouble? You go to the one who can fix it. You go to the one who has hands that have been pierced. You go to the one whose side has been pierced and blood and water flowed. You go to the one who declared, I finished it for you. I finished it for you. I'm tired of the enemy beating up the church. And the church just sitting there in trouble. Listen, we don't have to stay in trouble. We've got one who is greater. We've got one who can fix you in just a split second. We've got a one who can come in the middle of all your storms and say, peace. We've got one who can come and say, I am your healer. I am your deliverer. I am your strength. I am your present help. I am here because you called upon me. I'm here for one. Here for the one who's in trouble today. Here he comes. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.